or part of you is not licensed by, affiliated with, or endorsed by the University of Utah. All views and opinions are those of and by War Party U and War Party U alone. Thank you. What's shaking, Ute Nation? Welcome back into another edition of War Party U Weekly Podcast. I am Matty Aces, joined as always by Michelle Bodkin and Ryan Boyce, talking about Utah football and everything surrounding it. A cold, wet night up on the hill at Rice Eccles, folks. The wind was blowing, the rain was pouring, and the Utes poured it on. Nice win over Arizona State. We'll talk about that on this episode. We'll look ahead to Cal in the blackout, dark mode, Ute proud, 8 o'clock p.m. Going to be cold, going to be intense. Got a lot going on this week, so we've also got an interview with Mustache Nation from Arizona State, a group of traveling fans that we're kicking the ass to hang out with, tailgate with, have a few drinks with, share a few laughs, had a great time, we'll talk about that and more. All here on War Party U. Here we go. Man, that was a cold, wet night at Rice Eccles Stadium Saturday night. Utes getting the win 21-3 over Arizona State. But let's back it up a little bit throughout the day. What a gorgeous day for tailgating. Man, we were all geared up for the cold weather, but the afternoon was just gorgeous, man. So we're out there, you know, everybody shedded out there in a t-shirt. We had a lot of fun. Uh, The pig bus cooked up uh, Sonoran hot dogs. Got the pork chili verde on tap for next for this weekend against Cal. Oh yeah! Anytime there's uh, a pork product involved uh, with a pig bus, you know the deliciousness will ensue. Uh, but man, these things were big, bacon wrapped, all the spread, cotija cheese, uh, guacamole, tomatoes, onions, the, the crema fresca, you name it, man. They did it up. So Ryan Welby again, my hat is off to you, gentlemen for throwing down a fantastic tailgate. Food was excellent. Uh, Ute Shasta uh, 
crew tailgate served up the grilled cheese, some grilled ham and cheese, some tomato soup that was just perfect for that afternoon, a little chill in the air, fall weather. So man, yeah, the food was had and the food was good. But getting out there and, and hooking up with everybody once again, fantastic. I'm so glad we've got another weekend to go do that again, you know, here uh, you're coming up. We don't have to wait too long for that next tailgate. Uh, we get a little, a few more hours to tailgate. I'll tell you what, though, that four o'clock kickoff time was perfect. It was great because you know, as the evening went on, it just got colder and wetter, and uh, and so I, for one, was glad that the game was over by about 7:30, uh, and uh, you know, hooked up with a few guys at the tailgate that were going to head down and do the double play, hit up that Real game. Um, you know, the afterward and, uh, you know, and uh, take a moment, you know, <clears throat> aside from Ute football, Real got over on Portland on Saturday night, but unfortunately this week, uh, Wednesday night, uh, the season came to an end in Seattle, 2-0 uh, against the White, against uh, the Sounders FC, uh, Nick Romando, final game, retiring, had the greatest goalkeeper in MLS history, so whether or not you're a soccer fan, I really don't give a rat's ass. Give it up for Nick Ramondo, the wall of the Wasatch. It's been truly special watching him play here. But let's get back to it. So there we go. I actually did a great job pacing myself this week. Yes, I did. I'm very proud of myself. Get into the stadium, and I had a great opportunity. My little brother was there in attendance. My dad who is the uh, who, who works up in the press box? Uh, came down and we got some photo ops uh, with the with the Allen boys uh, there at the, at the top of the West Concourse. It was fantastic. It was always it's always good to see those guys when I when I get out to the stadium. Uh, my my brother was there with his with his cute wife and we were able to hang out for a minute and uh, and and get it going. But man, that West Side standing room during the game. There's a, there's a whole section right there in the middle underneath the press box, and that was pretty packed out the whole game because of the wind and rain. So what did I do? Of course, I just move over. I just move north because the more of an unobstructed view of everything. I'm not crowding around. And guess what? I came ready for the weather, which is what you got to do here. You know, you got to dress in layers. Be ready. Have a waterproof layer. Have several layers to keep that warmth in, man, because if you can stay warm and dry... You're going to have a lot better time at these football games. I mean, not that they're not fun if you're cold and wet, but, you know, by the end of the game, we were all cold and wet. So what you going to do? But we get in there and, man, you know, what a night, what a night. Everybody, you, everybody, everybody was loud and it got chippy. I'm not going to, it got chippy. Uh, there were some hard hitting, you know, ejection, uh, you know, the, the fields number for, for ASU, you know, a very, very vicious targeting hit on Zach Moss. And man, that stadium had murder in their voice. It just the 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 level of of, of anger and disdain coming out. But uh, you know, then this week some Yahoo Utah fan decides to direct message this player and saying that he you he better off dead or whatever the hell he was. You know what? We are better than that, Ute fans. And I know that it's one person, and there's been a whole Twitter back and forth. And so, you know, if, if I'm, I, you know, I don't know if it interests you. You probably already know about it. But if not, you know, check it out. It won't be too hard to find. 
uh, you know, the usual suspects on, on Utah Twitter going back and forth. But, man, you know, do not direct message a player or a player's family. Don't call them out. Don't ever tweet at a player unless, uh, you know, if, if you're just going to talk shit. Yeah, it's bad form. Man, you know, very few of us can actually put ourselves in the place of, of these kids, these athletes, these students, uh, you know, mixing it up on the field. I, for one, have never, 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 never put on pads. I never, never once have, have, you know, have, have played competitive football. So I can't sit here and try to say that I know that mindset, that I know that instinct. That there is such a fine line between playing aggressive and playing dirty. What I saw on Saturday night, though, there was definitely a lot of dirty. A kickoff play where they keyed in on Solomon Enos to try to take after him having blocked to free the touchdown the previous the previous play, you know, dirty, dirty, dirty. But what are you gonna do? You move on, all right? We got out. Game's over. We'll let Coach Edwards, Coach Edwards, apologize to Wit on the sideline after the game for the way his boys were playing. I trust that Edwards is gonna get them in line. These are college kids that are just so jacked up on adrenaline and testosterone and playing a game, a gladiator's game, a warrior's game. They all have that mindset. So you've got to understand and the context that we're talking about, all right? Now, it is never okay to go out and purposely try to injure a player. I'm not okay with that. I don't think anybody is, but anybody in their right mind, that is. But I digress. It was so much fun. Got out of there, got home, got warmed up. The rest of my Saturday, I was, I, I'm, I, I'm checking scores and whatnot. But man, I got home from the game, ordered some Big Daddy's pizza, and watched the Lost Boys. That's how, because you know, it's tis the season, man. So, and, and, and but it was, it was a great time. And and, and man, the Utes looked, the, the Utes defense just lights out. I mean, come on. And, and that ASU offense is nothing to sniff at, man. Jaden Daniels is legit. Eno Benjamin got his. Eno Benjamin still went over for, for over 100 yards. But as a team, 25 yards passing? Are you kidding me? 136 yards of total offense for Arizona State against this Utah defense. Daniels a 4 of 18 with an interception. Averaging 1.4 yards per completion. That is dominant. Absolutely dominant. And Utah couldn't get out of their own way. 21-3 with four turnovers. Utes coughed it up four times. And usually in the red zone. In giving Arizona State amazing field position. And still, still could only get three points up on the board on this on the, on the, on this on, the, on this defense. But man of the night coming up just one yard short of a 100-yard game that would have given them the all-time record for 100-yard games in a career. But he'll get it again. He'll get it against Cal. He'll get it against somebody. Don't worry. But Zach Moss, 25 carries, 99 yards, two touchdowns. More importantly, he is your new all-time leading rusher at the University of Utah. Did it on a touchdown run that sealed the deal. But, you know, going back earlier in the game, you know, Tyler came down, looked to have tweaked his, 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 his knee. Of course, they don't ever talk about injuries from all of the reports I've heard coming out of 
out of practices this week. Tyler Huntley says he is playing, uh, although he's listed as, as questionable. Um, I would be okay with him taking a seat the, against Cal. I don't think we're going to need very much offense to beat them. We could put that one in the hands of our defense pretty pretty confidently um, and rest some guys up so that we're so that we're you know we're healthy for the stretch run, getting ready for uh, for Washington the next week. Uh, Zach Moss went out on a targeting call that was just brutal. I don't know how that kid is not concussed, but he came back. He and Tyler both come back in. So, you know, Tyler goes out, Zach goes out, and the offense is kind of kind of sputtering and doesn't look like they've really got it together. Oh, you know, no big deal. Tyler just comes back in the game, handle, handle, handles the business. Zach Moss comes back in, scores. And, you know, it's beautiful. It was, it was an absolute great night uh, you, to, to, you know, to watch these guys play. Jalen Dixon added another touchdown. All three touchdowns for the Utes on the ground today. Although, you know, Tyler was you know, 12 of 19 for 179 yard, 171 yards through his first interception of the season. So the guy got that out of his system. We don't have to listen to every time he touches the ball. Did you know that Tyler Huntley is one of three? No interceptions all year. See, you're going to throw an interception at some point. And, you know, so it happened. And, uh, you know, fortunately, didn't cost the Utes much, but the but the stats. So, uh, you know, that's that's the way you want to do it. You know, we're hoping to be get get get, get the guys healthy and back up uh, ba- back up on the on the horse for this weekend at, against Cal, and uh, we'll have a good time doing it. So there it is, man. I had a great time. Look forward to the next. Just take advantage of every opportunity you have during, throughout the course of the season, because man, they don't come around again until next year. And at this point. We're seven games down, five to go. Seven down, five to go. Three home games left. We've got Cal. Then we'll have UCLA in a couple of weeks, in a few weeks, and then we'll end the season against Colorado. Mixed in a couple of road trips and a bye. And just savor it because these are the good times. And, you know the shame about the good old days is that you don't know they're the good old days until they're gone well these are the good old days right now this is a season we're going to be talking about these are players we're going to be talking about in years to come so take advantage of every moment you have more war party you where this came from stick around go Utes.
What's up, Ute Nation? This is Matty Aces, War Party U Weekly Podcast. We are at the Utah tailgate prior to the Arizona State matchup tonight at Rice-Eccles Stadium. Uh, and we met a bunch of traveling ASU fans from, from a group called Mustache Nation. And, uh, and I wanted to share a little bit about them and their thoughts on uh, the Ute's tailgate. So Mustache Nation, talk to me. What, who are you? What are you about? Hey, thanks for having me. My name is Dave Leonard. I'm part of the Mustache Nation. Uh, We're a group of Arizona State fans. We started kind of our tradition in 2001. We started making a big road trip every year. And uh, in 2005, we decided we kind of had to have an identity. So we decided we we would start growing mustaches and started calling ourselves Mustache Nation. And we're built up of a group of fans consisting about 150 of us. Uh, once a year we grow mustaches, we kind of pick one big road game to go to. And uh, we were in here in Salt Lake back in 2015, um, and I'm happy to be back here again today having a great time at the Utah tailgate. Fantastic, man. So um, when was the first time you came out to a tailgate at the University of Utah? Personally, myself, uh, was four years ago at the uh, 2015 tailgate. We had a couple of our guys that came out two years prior to that, in 2013 kind of scoped it out a little bit uh but for myself about four years ago fantastic man well you know uh it's always great for us to be able to interact with uh uh you know with 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 traveling fans because you know for us it's all about that the experience we and we talk a lot on this show about uh you know taking advantage of every saturday or thursday or friday if you're in the pac-12 it seems like um to, to take advantage of the time you have to spend with the friends and the family and, and the food and the festivities because it's really, I mean, it almost becomes, to uh, you know, it gets to a point where it's like the game is why we're all here, but there's always that sense of like, oh, man, once the t- when the tailgate ends for the day and it's time to head in, you're stoked to go to the game, but, uh, but, but, but you're also like, eh. You know the tailgate's over. So you know what? Uh, you know what are your favorite things to do at ASU at home games? Uh, you know how do you guys throw down and, and you know and 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 how do you run your tailgates? Yeah, our tailgates. We have a pretty good uh, group there. Um, we've got a lot of uh, season ticket holders. A few people kind of go by game by game. But it's a, it's a big operation. Uh, you know, it's it takes a lot of work and a lot of preparation to set up a tailgate. Um, you know, the kickoff time. Uh, in Phoenix is you know very important because we only have a five-hour windows to set up our tailgates uh, so that's a lot of setup and a lot of uh, takedown that we have to plan ahead um, I'm very impressed at what I see here in Salt Lake uh, uh, at the atmosphere here I would dream of seeing this in Tempe um, but uh, it's nice to be able to experience this today fantastic man all right one last question. I'm going to spring a surprise one on you here. Um, let's talk about uh, branding and logos for a second because you'll see everywhere here the Drum and Feather logo, which is just synonymous with the University of Utah. And, you know, we, you know, it seems like right now they're kind of trying to push the, the interlocking U's logo. And, you know, just with, with the political climate right now, we know it's probably just a matter of time before eventually the Drum and Feather is retired. Um, I, want to, I, I want to compare that to... to to, to ASU because for me one of the coolest coolest logos in all of college athletics is Sparky man that devil with his pitchfork was always in fact that logo alone made me consider ASU as a school when I was coming out of high school so how, how what are your feelings on ASU's branding and how it seems like that trident is really being you know has replaced Sparky as kind of the the, the go-to visual for ASU 
So glad you asked. I'm an old school type guy, as old school as you ever find, and I valued sparking, appreciated sparking, and was against the try to change as much as anybody. Um, and it, it, it kind of worked itself out, and it's kind of weird. Actually, both logos are kind of valued, even by the old school guys, uh, the same. And uh, we value both of those. It's kind of nice having um, that uh, option. And I think they're both unique to Arizona State. And I think that that's why, you know, as much as we value Sparkin, he's always our go-to. You know, the more and more recognized our program is, that's, that pitchfork is starting to get recognized too. Or you just have that by itself on a shirt or Sparky by it, by itself on its shirt. Um, it's recognized as Arizona State. And I think we're fortunate to have both logos. Personally, Sparky's always near and dear to my heart, but uh, I love the pitchfork too, and I'll wear it anytime. Fantastic, man. Well, hey, thanks for joining me real quick. Let's get back to drinking and let's get back to eating and having a good time. And, uh, you know, and uh, so, uh, you know, give me a forks up, man. Forks up. Go Devils. Thanks, Utah. You guys are great. All right, fantastic. Well, this is Matty Aces here, War Party U Weekly Podcast. We'll be back after this. Utah, Arizona State. We'll see what happens. Go Utes. I did want to throw in a question. Oh, thank you. No episode of War Party U is complete without the participation of one Michelle Bodkin. Michelle, why don't you give us your thoughts on uh, that Arizona State game, what you saw, what you took away from it? Hello and welcome into War Party U. This is Michelle Bodkin and I am hanging out with Matt and Ryan talking all things University of Utah football. Well, as as we've, I think, already talked about, the Utes had a pretty dang big game last week against Arizona State. And I, it was big because both teams were ranked uh, and Utah hasn't had to play against a ranked opponent in a while. Um, I don't recall. I think USC was ranked when they played a few weeks back. But outside of that, they haven't had to play against a ranked team. And so this was supposed to be a really big test. At the time, Arizona State was number 17 and Utah was number 13. Utah has since moved up to number 12. And I uh, Arizona dropped. Arizona State dropped a lot, uh, which I don't know. I don't know how fair that is for them, but uh, it's just kind of the nature of these these weird polls that we we put so much emphasis into. Regardless, though, getting back to it, it was a big game, uh, big because both opponents were ranked. Big because it was a real litmus test, I think, as to where this Utah team really was and and also where Arizona State was. And my feeling, if if you'll recall from last week, was I felt like Utah should absolutely wipe the floor with them. Like, for whatever reason, Arizona State was not passing the eyeball test for me and I had watched several of their games and that's not to say that they're, that they're not good like I, I don't want to discredit them they have a ton of talent they're they're clearly going to be very good I have it 
on good authority from kind of more the inside that they really expect them to take off next year and that's kind of where I'm at with them what I expect they're just young in some key places and and whereas Utah was a lot more experienced and and just had I think the depth and the knowledge to be able to overcome some hurdles and and they definitely had to do that and you know while while there was that little air of on my part they should wipe the field with them, but again, it's ASU and it's the Pac-12 and weird things happen. I feel like that game was a, a good representation of both ways I was feeling and leaning. On one hand, Utah was very, very dominant uh, and really controlled the narrative in this game. I mean... Even even though it was close most of the game in ASU, you know, one one or two big plays, if they could have struck struck those, uh, you know, it's it's a tied game, it's a one point game, it's you know, it there there was that potential there. It just never came to be, and I think mostly thanks to Utah's defense. Utah's defense was so stifling so stifling uh you know you only have Jaden Daniels completing four passes out of 18 that's crazy that's crazy that never happens and and only getting 25 yards total on that you know uh it absolutely crazy and then sacked three times all three times Thanks to Bradley and I, who who got some player of the week nods, and rightfully so. He was an absolute monster. That defensive line was an absolute monster. He, Jaden Daniels was running for his life the entire time. And not running for his life in the good way that he could make a play, but literally running for his life. I don't want to get squished. I don't want to give up the sack. Let me just find some space and pretty much just throw the ball away. And it was like that all game long. They also did a pretty good job containing Eno Benjamin, uh, who was their their fantastic running back. But but he still had I mean he still had a, a pretty good night, but but he wasn't able to to break the runs the way he he typically has throughout the season. He had 15 carries. For 106 yards, he lost two, so the net the net on that's 104 total yards for Eno Benjamin that night. Uh, his longest run was 32 yards. ASU never scored a touchdown. ASU never scored a touchdown. The only points that ASU got were off of, now I don't remember if it was a fumble, a fumble or was it the interception? Anyways, Utah turned the ball over. Utah turned the ball over four times, which they have not done something like that all season long. And and Tyler Huntley's streak of not throwing an interception, that that is done and over. Uh, so that is something that the Utes are going to be looking to clean up. You can't you can't give the ball away four times and expect to win the game most of the time but but in this case it worked out anyway ASU's only points which was a field goal came because of a turnover if that turnover had not happened ASU's looking at a big old goose egg their offense literally 
literally could not get anything done versus Utah's defense. That is how good Utah's defense was. Now, Utah's offense has typically been, you know, able to move the ball and has kind of played a defensive role for them as well in controlling time of possession. Time of possession between these two teams is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, pretty equal. Utah had it for 35 minutes. ASU had it for 24 minutes. That's a difference of about 10 minutes, um, which isn't isn't going to make a huge, huge difference uh, like, like it has in, in other cases for Utah. But, but the Utes, they, they had a couple of good offensive drives, and they stalled. And some of that was from the turnovers. Uh, there was an almost certain touchdown that was dropped and, and turned over. Uh, there, there was a Zach Moss run where he fumbled the ball right to start the game, and it was good field position for Utah. It was setting up nicely for either a touchdown or a field goal. Uh, you know, Utah left about 20 points when all said and done on the board. So realistically, if Utah's offense had done what it typically does, ASU's looking at like a 40 to zero game. That is pure dominance, dominance. And this team's good. Like they are very good. And Frankly, Utah fans, they're going to be a thorn in Utah's side going forward. I can damn well guarantee you that. These kids, it's one of those unfortunate things where Utah showed them something they have never seen before. And it's super fun and great because you're sitting in the moment and going, oh my gosh, like they're totally schooling these guys. But then on the other hand, they're totally schooling these guys. These guys are going to learn a lot from this game, and I I don't expect for the next two or three years that Utah is going to have it quite as easy as they did tonight against ASU. And and for the record too, I you know what I I don't think Utah's offense performed quite the way that we are used to them performing. But on the other hand, too, I do have to give some credit to ASU's defense. They played tough. They played tough. They they weren't. I they definitely sold out to stop the run. It was tough sledding for Zach Moss uh, to to get the yards that he got. But he did break the record. So it, it, it finally they finally wore down enough to where he was able to pop one off he was able to clinch the record eddie johnson is no longer the all-time leading rusher in school history it is now one zach moss and he was well on his way to clinching a couple more uh records in utah's book but but it alas it was not meant to be fell fell a little short of some of those marks but but there's always this week so anyway good game fun game a little bit stressful in the middle there but utah did what they needed to do and I think the only concern heading into this week is what exactly is the health of this team there were some hard hits some will, would argue dirty i i don't 
want to, I don't feel like I can be the judge of that, but I will say some of it was suspect to me, just thinking from a purely logical standpoint. And, and it could have some, some repercussions for Utah, you know, moving forward, depending on just how banged up these guys are. So that is going to be something to look for heading this week against Cal. It's a home game. It's the blackout game. It's also the Ute Proud game. It should be super fun. And I am going to break that down for you in the next segment. You are listening to War Party U. And this is Michelle taking a break. Well, Ute fans, this season is flying by. We're seven games in. We've got five more to go. Got a big one coming up Saturday against Cal at Rice-Eccles Stadium. But on November 2nd, the Utes are back out on the road to face the Washington Huskies in Seattle. We have a kickoff time now, 2 o'clock p.m. is is when that game's going to kick off. Going to be on the Fox Network. And War Party U will be attending the tailgate party of the season for Utah versus Washington, hosted by Utah Sports Collective. Utah Sports Collective is in the Mill Plaza at Gardner Village. That's 1100 West and 7800 South. Come rub shoulders with the SPN 700, the University of Utah Spirit Team, DJ Fireball, and the most fanatical fans in town, a.k.a. War Party U. ha <laughs> Tickets are $30, and that gets you in for street taco spread and admission to the event. A $40 ticket gets you the street taco spread plus two alcoholic beverage vouchers. And uh, you get there will be open bar access, $5 raffle tickets, five for $20 raffle tickets. And man, you should see some of the prizes they've got raffling off. You can get a 25 discount voucher for all Utah Sports Collective merchandise. These guys have all the Ute gear you want, licensed uh, apparel, jazz stuff, Real Salt Lake, other schools from the for, from the local area that we don't care to name in this little segment here. It's an all ages event. It's going to be fun for the whole family. I'll tell you, I went I was I, I went to their watch party last year for the CU game, and it was chilly, man. But they had they they had the the heaters out, they had the fire pits out, they had coffee and hot chocolate for everybody. I'm going to tell you, you want to be there. You can pick up your tickets at utahsportscollective.com or at the store in Gardner Village. So join War Party U at the watch party at Utah Sports Collective and go Utes. Welcome back in. You're listening to War Party U. Of course you are. Why wouldn't you be? I'm Matt, and let's talk about the rest of the conference. Let's look back over uh, over the games last weekend and, and see who did well, who didn't do so well, and uh, let's start with me. Uh, you know, within hours of uh, publishing last week's episode, wow, you know, I had picked Stanford over UCLA. UCLA did not lose to Stanford. UCLA came away pretty convincingly, 34-16. Just shows you. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. On Saturday, 
Oregon came from behind in Seattle, beat Washington 35-31. They pretty much got that North locked up at this point, barring a complete collapse by uh, by, by the Ducks down the stretch. And even a complete collapse would have to be accompanied by a few teams winning a bunch of games and not cannibalizing each other. But Oregon can basically back into Santa Clara uh, representing the North at this point. It would seem stranger things have happened, but yee. I mean, really, they've the, the closest team to them right now is are, are the Beavs, and uh, we know that the Beavers probably aren't going to beat the Ducks this year. But I also said that Stanford was probably going to beat UCLA, so who knows? Of course, the Utes 21-3 over Arizona State, as as presented on this podcast and various other media outlets, and pretty much. You know, non-stop since Saturday. Um, in Berkeley, the Beavers got over on the Bears, man. Cal is struggling. Cal is really struggling. Oregon State looking better and better. And, and uh, you know, until they, you know, until these until these teams run into that Utes defense, they all look pretty good. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. I, I don't know that Cal's going to be able to get... I mean, you know, based on the offenses we've seen the last three weeks and how they've fared against this huge defense, a uh, really struggling offense, you know, we could be looking at a shutout on Saturday. But that's why we play, right? Washington State drubbed the Buffaloes in Pullman, getting their first conference win, 41-10 over Colorado. Colorado's 1-3 in conference now. Uh, circling that toilet bowl. And finally... Another game creating a little separation in the South. Uh, Arizona and USC both 2-1 in conference play coming in. USC gets the resounding victory in the Coliseum, 41-14. And, you know, they continue that Jekyll and Hyde kind of, uh, kind of thing they got going on there, you know, home versus away for the Trojans. And, uh, you know, you just need a little help. Luckily, the Trojans have, uh, you know, the Ducks coming in the Coliseum here here coming up we've they've got a couple of road games coming up ASU is one of them Colorado is one of them so uh, you know we're hoping that some of our some of our beloved ducks beloved buffs and beloved sun devils can help us out a little bit along the way since we stubbed our toe in the Coliseum to open conference play because uh, we'd really love to see uh, see those youths back in the conference in the conference championship game playing for a chance at roses wouldn't we yeah we would oh you know we would so that's how it went down. More war party you on the flip side. Don't touch that dial. Hey, Matty Ace is back with you. We're going to take a look at uh, the upcoming schedule of games in the Pac-12 for this coming weekend. Of course. We've got Cal coming in on Saturday night for an 8 o'clock kickoff against the Utes. Talking more and more about that on this uh, on this episode. But let's start with Friday night. Friday night gets freaky in the Pac-12, doesn't it? Well, in Boulder, USC is taking on Colorado. Right now, USC are 13.5 point favorites. Conventional wisdom would lead you to think that Trojans are just going to roll. But this is the Pac-12. And since the Utes need a little help, we need those Trojans to lose at least a game. The more, the better. Hey, our beloved Buffs. That's what we're doing this week. Our beloved Buffs. Please take care of business. Help a brother out. 
and then we'll just kick your ass at the end of the year here in Salt Lake anyway. But, I mean, not like, you know, I'll bake you some cookies or something. Um, Saturday, got an even line on Arizona-Stanford. Ah, you know, I don't know. Let's see, it's at Stanford, so let's say Arizona's going to win by like eight touchdowns, right? I mean, that's kind of how the conference goes. You know, both teams are struggling. Both teams, you know, are... Uh, are uh, you know are, are are looking up at the rest of the conference, but uh, you know it's always it's always fun. It's always fun. So we're gonna see. Um, we'll we'll see what happens there at the, on the farm there. Uh, Arizona State currently ranked 24th, dropping seven spots after their loss last weekend to the Utes. Going into uh, to the Rose Bowl to play the Bruins, and uh, you know, but the line is only Arizona by Arizona State by three and a half. Uh, and that really kind of, you know, is a head scratcher to me. With as bad as UCLA has looked at times, um, and most of the times, and as good as Arizona State has looked, with the exception of you know losing to Utah, um, I think Arizona State bounces back. I think Arizona State blows blows that line away, uh, and I don't think it's close. I think they're going to be ready. Um, Washington State is on the road visiting. The Oregon Ducks, currently ranked number 11 in the nation. Oregon's favored by two touchdowns, which, you know, I, I have no reason to believe it's not going to go that way. Uh, you know, Oregon's just looking too good. I think Oregon looks like the best team in the conference right now with the Utes closely on their heels. But uh, that's how it's shaking out. You know, who knows? So, you know, I'll go ahead and I'll, here, 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 here's my picks then. Here's my picks. All right, USC's going to beat Colorado. Um, and, and by saying that, I'm really hoping that, you know, it's the reverse logic kind of thing, right? Uh, Arizona Stanford, I've got the, I've, I've, I've got Arizona winning that one. Arizona State over UCLA, Utah over Cal, and Oregon over Washington State. Not a, not, you know, not a ton of drama, of course. The drama will always come in. You know, it's the regular season. Every game counts. So, uh, you just got to keep their eyes focused on the prize so that they can be playing in Santa Clara. We need a little help, so... Uh, you know, I think I'm picking USC to beat Colorado, but hashtag our beloved buffs, please come through for us. That'd be cool. So that's shaking down. There's more war party you where this came from and, uh, we couldn't be more excited about that. So stick around. Why not? I mean, what else, where else are you going to go? What are you, you planned on an hour, right? So we, you know, we'll come in around an hour and we'll all be better for it, right? You lose a few brain cells. We'll have a few laughs. It's just kind of what we do. War part of you. Time to throw it back to Michelle for some legitimacy. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Cal. Let's talk about those Bears. Let's talk about this game Saturday. Welcome back. You are listening to War Party U, and this is Michelle Bodkin hanging out with Ryan and Matt, breaking down your University of Utah Utes football team. Again, we just got done talking about, you know, an exciting game that the Utes had this past weekend against ASU, beating them 21-3. to It was a very dominant performance, and you know, there, there's a lot of reasons why that that was the case, the biggest being Utah's defense. This week, Utah is at home again. They're hosting the Blackout slash Ute Pride game against the California Golden Bears. 
and it's it's a late night kickoff it's an 8 p.m kickoff so the energy should be great and amazing and crazy it honestly combines my two favorite games of the year which is the blackout game because i have a little wednesday adams in me and it's all black everything if you if you feel me the dark hair the dark guys my clothes are mostly black so every day in my life is blackout day or i guess dark mode day is what we're calling it now and and i just love that the university of utah celebrates that i'm i'm all here for that and then of course the ute proud game as well it's one of the best half times i think i have ever seen i love Love that they invite the Ute tribe to come in and share with everybody a little piece of their culture from the costumes and the dance and the singing and the drum beats. It's magical. And I'm not saying that because I think almost every time except for last year that they've done this game, uh, they start start playing and doing their dance and it ends up raining or snowing. I, coincidence? I think not. I think I think they are very in tune with with the spiritual universe. Spiritual, spiritual universe. Excuse me. <laughs> and and they can make magic happen when they step out on the field. For for the record, I don't think it's going to rain this go around either. It's the forecast is looking pretty dry, but still, uh, just a funny little note. With that being said, with all the festivities out of the way as far as what what's happening on Saturday let's get into the actual game and what what can be expected out of these Cal Golden Bears well for starts their season started off really hot like really really hot scorching hot they looked like uh they were a team that were going to cause people a lot of trouble now heading into the season everybody was sure that their defense would be good because their defense was really, really good last year. And that has not changed. That Cal defense is fantastic. Uh, they are so fun to watch. They, they are dominating. They're essentially working off of the Utah model when they first joined the Pac-12, which was have a really good defense, get special teams up to par, work on the offense. And, and that's kind of where they're at. However, they had a quarterback that was making some stuff happen. And I think making the offense better quicker than I think most anticipated. And they were winning some games. Now, to start off the season, they beat UC Davis. You know, big surprise there. Everybody expected that. The shocker, though, was playing Washington at Washington after I think it was like a two-hour rain delay and it like the game was going till 2 a.m in the morning which is absolutely crazy i don't think they started playing again or resumed play until about midnight the game did not end until around 2 a.m 2 30 a.m they beat washington by one point at home 20 to 19 crazy no one saw that coming no one following week they beat up on north texas then they go into the heart of SEC country and play Mississippi, play Ole Miss. And they walk away with the W there. Now, granted, Ole Miss is not one of the better SEC teams, but they still have talent. They're kind of, they're kind of like 
USC in a way. And I, w- I would describe most SEC schools that way. They're not living up to their potential, but if they ever click and figure that potential out, they're going to be a pain to deal with. That's, that's what Ole Miss is kind of working with. They, I think top to bottom, they have way more talent than Cal does, but Cal's got some grit and determination and, and they ground out that win and it was awesome. Here's where things started to get a little sticky and tricky for Cal. They were playing Arizona State at home in front of the home crowd and their wonderful, magnificent quarterback, uh, Chase Garbers, goes down. Season-ending injury. So they're having to rely on the backup from here on out, Devin Modster, who's a transfer from UCLA. And Modster is mobile, but I would not describe him as being terribly accurate in his throwing. And so it definitely threw a wrench in what Cal was trying to do. So we go back to Arizona State game, close loss, 24-17. Cal goes on the road to Oregon, loses 17-7. Again, reasonably close game, (coughs) 10-point game. You know, and, and they had Oregon on the ropes for a little while. Despite having the backup quarterback that's not anywhere near as good as the starting quarterback... But that defense kept them in the game, and Oregon didn't really know how to handle them, but they eventually wore them down, and I think that was the biggest difference in the game. There wasn't enough offense to give the defense a break. Now let's talk about last week. Little little Oregon State that, that Utah absolutely beat the ever-living crud out of two weeks ago, or the week prior, at this point, the week prior, comes in and gets Cal. And and on top of it, now the backup quarterback is potentially out uh, in concussion protocol. Modster, Modster may or may not be playing this week against Utah. Kind of expecting it to be their third string guy. Freshman, freshman alert, Spencer Brosh is who we're kind of expecting to play. Um... And again, freshman, there's been two other guys playing in front of him. And now he's the guy. He the guy. And, you know, we saw last week what Utah did to a freshman quarterback. And I, I think ASU had better pieces in place to protect it, to protect their freshman quarterback and give him you know, some time, which ended up being no time because that that defensive line was an absolute wrecking ball to their offensive line. But in theory, they they had the better setup to try and combat that. I don't know that Cal has that. This very well could be a shutout type of game for Utah. I don't want to get anybody's hopes too high up 
because they still have that really good defense. And on the other end of it, Utah's facing some questions about who's going to be playing quarterback and, and who's going to be in. Tyler Huntley says he's playing. I don't know what, exactly what that means. It, it could mean Tyler has very wishful thinking and is telling people that he's going to play because he wants to play so badly because he is that type of competitor. He could be cleared to play. And whether that's like the Zach Moss special against Oregon State where he kind of comes in for a quarter, gives the team a boost, and then goes and rests the rest of the game. Or whether it's playing the entire game because there's really nothing wrong with him. I don't know. I I don't know the status of what exactly his injury is. I don't know what Utah's thinking as far as you know, how much they may or may not want to play him, if at all. These are all unknowns to me. So I don't know what to expect come Saturday. And, you know, I, I don't know if we're looking at the backup quarterback playing. And on top of that, I'm not 100% sure who the backup quarterback is. I... It's either going to be Shelley or Lisk. I've heard an interesting take that it 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 is Lisk. Lisk will get the nod. If if uh, excuse me, if <laughs> Huntley can't go, uh, but I I don't know. I I don't know. I just I don't know. And so there's there's just all these variables. So does it then become the Zach Moss show? for Utah are they just running the ball a lot to one take pressure off of Huntley and two and or two to take pressure off of the backup guy are they going to rely on the backup guy a lot is Huntley fine will he just go do his Huntley things that he's been doing I don't know there's some mystery on on the offensive side of the ball as to what to expect and Cal's defense is good enough they are 100% good enough that they can make that situation just as interesting as Utah can make their their offensive situation interesting with regards to Utah's defense playing their offense. So, who knows? Who knows? I would say a real key player and is going to be Evan Weaver versus... Utah's offensive line. Utah's off- offensive line is going to have to bring their A game because this defense will be coming after whoever's playing quarterback. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. And Evan Weaver is leading their team in tackles with 104 on the season. That's right. I said 104 tackles on the season. He has been that dominant in a really, really, really good defense. Offensive line will have to step up. They're they're going to have to protect whoever is back there. And that got a little more difficult too because it's in question whether or not Darren Paulo will be playing. And that could reshuffle the entire offensive line. And offensive line is so dependent on being comfortable with everyone you're playing next to and having that relationship and that that kind of 
cerebral glue where everybody's comfortable with and knows what everyone else is going to do. And when one guy goes out, that can put that in question. And and so that's another piece of the puzzle that I, I don't know and I don't have an answer for. And Cal's defense very well could take advantage of that. And, and I would expect them to take advantage of that. They are good enough to do that. With all that being said, I still think Utah should dominate this game. I think, I think while Cal's defense is very, very good, I think Utah's defense is on a totally other level. And while both offenses are a little crippled, I think it's worse for Cal than it is for Utah. I think Utah still has most of their pieces together and and can come up with a game plan. They've had a week now. It's not like they're throwing in the backup cold or, you know, they're throwing in a banged up Tyler Huntley cold. There there's time to kind of work around and work out the wrinkles as far as whatever the situation's going to be to make it work against this Cal defense. I don't know that Cal's offense has enough tools to overcome that deficit and take on Utah's defense. That just seems like a really, really, really tall order for that Cal offense right now. So I expect another dominating performance from Utah. I think Cal can ugly it up a bit in the first first part of it and, and maybe keep it a little bit close. But I think Utah will eventually pull away. And and again, I no promises, but this is a situation that I could see a shutout in. If if Utah could almost manage to do that against ASU that I think has better all-around pieces on their offense to work with at this point in time than Cal does, then I think they can absolutely shut out this Cal offense and make it just a really, really, really long night for for their poor defense. There, I, I, If they have any shot in hell of winning this game, it's going to be off of something amazing or a couple of amazing things that their defense does. With that being said, again, it should be a fun game, fun atmosphere. I love that they're combining Blackout and Ute Proud awesome amazing I'm so excited to to see how this plays out and how it works out and you know I hope I hope Utah can get a bit of a jump on Cal so that they can rest guys and get them ready because they're going up to Seattle next weekend to play UW and that's going to be a physical physical game and they're going to need everyone as healthy as they possibly can be to take take on UW But first things first, you got to take care of business at home against Cal, who's banged up, but they're determined. They are a determined team, and they've they've made other better teams look silly early on in the season when they were healthy. I don't know that they still have that capability, but I'm also not counting, counting them out because they are a scrappy bunch and they want this bad. So until next week, this is Michelle Bodkin signing off. You have been listening to War Party U.
Welcome back into War Party U. Let's talk about the Cal Bears for a second. Matchup Saturday night, just over 48 hours from now, at the time of publication anyway. 8 o'clock p.m., nighttime kickoff, combining the Ute Proud night with the blackout, calling it dark mode. I give a rat's ass what you call it. If you're getting all butthurt, especially... (laughs) Excuse me, especially on Twitter about whether they're calling it the blackout or dark mode. Get over it already. Who cares? They're going to look badass in the all black. They revealed the unis. They've got the, 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 the you proud logo block you on that black helmet. Man, I love a good blackout game. Glad that they decided to wait till a night game to do it going to be cold but it's going to be dry it looks like should be dry might get a little snow but be ready for it come prepared be prepared and you will be okay Uh, dress in layers bring gloves put on an extra pair of socks have a couple of extra cocktails at the tailgate have some hot chocolate you know warm up from the inside out make sure that 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 you're that you're consuming you know calories at that tailgate that's the you know that's one of the keys you know get those calories that you get the insulation working uh, Utes right now favored by 21 I think the line opened up around 16 and a half 17 and a half and it's moved people still putting the money on the Utes to win so and I think that just has everything to do with uh, with this defense um, and the fact that you know <sighs> That, that quarterback position for Cal is rough, man. Injuries have got them down to their third string. Um, and uh, it's not... I, 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 don't know, I don't know how Cal is going to score. Um, their defense is legit, so their legit defense is going to have to create chances for them um, and going to have to be really active. Problem is, on the other side, this Utes defense is going to shut that Cal offense down. Absolutely shut them down. Uh, Cal's averaging almost 20 points a game. I don't think that they'll even get you close to that. They're not even gonna sniff that. Um, you know, they're they're uh, they're averaging you know 324 yards per game. I don't think they're gonna get anywhere near that. I just think that this defense for Utah is too damn good for their own good right now. I think that this defense is going to just light the Bears up. We sh- I I wouldn't be surprised to see one, maybe even two. Uh, defensive scores in this one for Utah but we'll get out to the tailgate lot this weekend and we'll mix it up um, like we always do Pig Bus is going to be cooking up their world famous smoked pork chili verde uh, and uh, so I'm very excited about that um, and like I said you know that late kickoff gives it just gives us just more time to tailgate uh, you know after talking to other fans around around the conference here and there uh, you come to realize what a great tailgating situation we have at the U. You know, like uh, you know, like Dave from Mustache Nation was saying earlier on, on the show, they've got a five-hour window to set up their their tailgate, tailgate, and tear down. I don't know how that would work. You know, up here we're so spoiled because you know a lot of the hardcore people set up the night before. I mean, obviously when it's a, you know, there's different, you know, time windows and everything when it's a, you know, when it's a Friday or a Thursday game as compared to Saturday. But, but you know, Friday nights, there's, there's tons of rigs up on the tailgate lot already ready to go. Ed Cable, like Claude, he is like, like he's an institution up there, man. 
he'll be up there no matter what. In his flip-flops in the snow, you're watching game day, watching Letter Kenny, having a great time. And uh, and so just you know, ta- just ex- appreciate what we've got here. Appreciate the tailgate scene we have because that has been a common thread with all of the visiting fans we've talked to as they come up and experience the Utes tailgate. That they're surprised for one, but they'll put our tailgate up against anybody. I mean, it's because we're that passionate, but that we're that welcoming. And that's another thing is 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 that you know when you're up on that tailgate lot, you see somebody in the other in, in the opponent's colors. Welcome them in. Show them what hospitality is all about. Show them that we mean it when we say family on three. That's everybody. If you're on that tailgate lot on a Saturday, you give a rat's ass what color you're wearing. Come on in. Let's eat. Let's drink. Let's talk. Let's have a good time. So we'll get in there. We'll get loud. Haven't heard the you know the the final word on 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 Moss and Huntley. Um, I'm going to assume that they're both going to go just because that's how they are. However, I would not break my heart to see them on the bench this weekend, just getting right, getting those getting those get those bangs and bruises healed up. Because man, weekend after, it's all on the line. Got to go up and win one in, in Seattle and beat UW. Get that monkey off our backs. I really feel like the Utes are going to need to run the table to win the to win the Pac-12 South, um, and that means no more what the what WTF losses. That means no more shit in the bed in the Coliseum, and it's really the only game left on the schedule that looks like is you know, would be you know trouble. Now they're all trouble. Week in, week out, anybody can beat anybody. We all know that very well. We've been on both sides of that equation, so none of us are going to. To, you know, none of us fans are going to overlook teams. Wit and the boys up on the hill certainly are not going to overlook any teams. And uh, you know, you take it, take it one at a time. So let's get it. Let's beat Cal and let's move on to the next. Let's go to seven and one and keep the keep the eyes on the prize, boys and girls. Thanks for being here. There's more where this came from. We'll be back. Well, look at that. We did it again. That does it for this edition of War Party U Weekly Podcast. Coming up on the next episode of War Party U, we'll look back on the Cal game and we'll look ahead to Washington and the Utah Sports Collective Watch Party and big matchup for the Utes. Going to be a good, good time. Oh, man. One more game in October, and then we're into November. One by one, these games go by. One by one, the season comes closer to being at an end. So for Ryan Boyce and Michelle Bodkin, this is Matty Aces. I'd like to thank Pig Bus, Albert Gamboa, the Shasta crew. I'd like to thank uh, Mustache Nation, Dave, for coming on and giving us a few minutes. And I really appreciate that. So as always, be good to yourselves and each other. Go Utes!